Hey, welcome to the Faith NFM podcast. We appreciate your time today, and we encourage you to head on over to faithnfm.com where you can find the notes for this presentation, as well as links to all that's happening around Faith Assembly. Our hope is that this message helps move you forward in your faith journey. Well, welcome. We are continuing our series, Vintage Values. Uh, We're talking about some areas that society has diminished a little bit. It's kind of turned their back away or said, ah, that's not really a big priority of ours. Today, we're talking about loyalty. And this is what I need you to do right now. On the count of three, I need you to yell it as loud as you possibly can. One, two, three, loyalty. There we go. Loyalty is simply defined as this, a commitment to an ongoing relationship and to an attitude and behavior demanded by it. Now, uh, I want to ask you a question. How many of you would say that loyalty has been an issue in society? Raise your hand. Come on. Let's audience participation, right? Like, people seem to like turn their back on things pretty quickly, right? Now I want to ask you a second question. How many of you would claim that you are a loyal person? Raise your hand. Now, you see what I'm going to be navigating here this morning? We claim to be loyal people, yet we feel that other people around us aren't really loyal. Think about it this way. Uh, if a friend wrongs you, you're like, how could they turn their back on me? Why did they gossip about me? Can you believe they really thought those things and acted the way they did? And we go zero to 100 really quick, right? Now, it's our turn. Whenever we're disloyal, this is usually what happens. We, we get, uh, how do you say, we, we justify our actions. Well, they deserve that. They got an attitude with me. You know, we, we get kind of frustrated and we're like, uh, do you understand? And, and we reason our disloyalty and we come to the point where we're like, uh, yeah, you deserve what you had coming to you. And we kind of get this posture of reasoning whenever we become disloyal. But when it's someone else, woo, that's an issue. Here's what I want us to understand. If you're taking notes, it's simply this. Disloyalty is difficult to see in the mirror. Disloyalty is hard to identify as being an issue that we wrestle with, being a value or something that's been around for a while. Oh, I don't really have that problem. It's sometimes hard for us to recognize the issues that we have. I know that, uh, you know, I'm a pastor. I have some issues. I'm not perfect. This is a church where everybody comes from every different walk of life coming together because we know who the answer is and where our hope is found. Um, And uh, I struggled at times with disloyalty. I I love golf. Like, I'm simple. I like hitting the ball as far as I possibly can. And this one particular time, I'm out with a buddy, and we're golfing. Now, I have this philosophy. It doesn't take you all day to shoot 100. Like some of these guys, they get up there, they put the ball in the tee, and they're like checking the wind, and they're like, you know, making sure everything is okay. And, and you're like, hey, don't talk during my backswing. I'm really good. And then they go and shank it. You're like, dude, we wasted all this time for that? 
Like, come on, help us out here a little bit. So this one particular time, I, I, I kind of have this rhythm and routine, and I'm in the flow. We're, we're turning the back nine. We're on the back nine. And this group of bros, like, you know, like these dudes built like this, they cut me and my partner off and just kind of jump in. There's like four of them. They've been, they've been doing a little bit of this. And, you know, they're there for the good time. And I'm like, dude, I'm golfing right now. Like, no, you didn't just cut us off. And there are these guys that are like, lining up their shot, making sure it's perfect. And I'm like, man, my wife needs me home at some point today. So I looked at my buddy and I said, hey, if I can drive that ball and hit them, what are you going to give me? Now, you got to know my golf. You don't know where it's going to go, right, left, down the middle is what I pray a lot. You know, like, Lord, come on. So he's like, yeah, right, dude. There's no way you can hit it. They were far. I mean, it was like one of those, everything would have to be perfect with a 30-mile wind gust. I'm like, well, let's give it a shot. So I go up there, bang, and I hit it. I was like, is anybody watching? Like, my wife would be so proud of me. I said that real sarcastically. She She doesn't care about golf at all. And I, like, hit the cart. And I'm like, woo, yeah, LIV tour, here I come, guaranteed money like anybody's seeing, right? So we have to do the awkward thing. We get in the golf cart, we drive up there, like, hey, like these guys are still kind of playing slow. And they go, you know, there's two, there's a few ways this can play out. These bros, having a couple, can take the ball and they can just put it in their pocket and drive to the next hole, or they can hit the ball and basically make me go get it or say, hey, be gone with it. Or I can just say, you know what? It wasn't me. So they ask us, they go, hey, who hit the ball? Without even hesitation, I look to my big guy and I say, he did it. Simple as that. I was like, he's the guy that you're after. Disloyalty comes in so many ways, shapes, and forms for us. Oftentimes, it's something we wrestle with seeing and observing in our own lives. There's this man, his name is Peter, and he lives a radical life, a radical life of serving Jesus and and living in step with Jesus. And when he gets this question or this scenario takes place in his life, he wrestles with disloyalty. In Matthew chapter 6, uh, we see in verse 33, Peter declared, even if everyone deserts you, I will never desert you. Jesus just got done saying that, hey, Peter, you're going to have something, you're going to struggle with disloyalty. And Peter's saying, no, I'm not. I'll never desert you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, Peter, this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times that you even know me. I love how Peter responds. He goes, no, exclamation point. I even talk about our punctuality right here. Peter insisted, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the other disciples vowed the same. So Peter, this this man who experienced miracle upon miracle, living in step with Jesus, he saw thousands fed. He walked on water. He even was revealed a whole different dimension of who Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration. Phenomenal. 
But that same day, Peter wrestles with disloyalty. Matthew 26, 74, we read on. Peter swore a curse on me if I'm lying. I don't know the man. And immediately, the rooster crowed. Now, when we look in the context of the story, it wasn't a, a big burly guy who asked Peter. There was no intimidation factor. It wasn't somebody who was in tune with his business and wanted to know all the ins and outs. It was a little girl that asked him, don't you know Jesus? And suddenly, Jesus' words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times that you even know me. And he went away weeping bitterly. Peter, this man, the rock, struggled with disloyalty. Because it's simply put like this. If you're taking notes, jot this down. True loyalty is not proclaimed. It's proven. We can say all we want that we're loyal people, that we're committed people, that we're devoted people. You can say whatever you want, but the reality of it is this. We have to prove it out. Loyalty is not a word. It's a lifestyle. It's what we do. It's how we act. It's how we behave. The author of Proverbs chapter 3 puts it this way. My child, never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. It's this idea of being chained, locked, that I need loyalty and kindness. And then you will find favor with both God, I love this part, and people. Loyalty isn't just a vertical one-way relationship to make us feel better. Vertical helps us in our horizontal relationships with those around. And you will earn a good reputation. Now, if you've heard me speak at a time, or maybe you're a first-time guest, welcome. We love new people here with us. I, I love sports. I love looking at cultural uh, uh, shifts in society. I love seeing different things that have transpired throughout history, because it's because of history, the shoulders that we can stand on, we can see further. People have paved the way. And I love this story, Jackie Robinson and this man by the name of Pee Wee Reese. Now, if you're familiar with Jackie Robinson, maybe you've seen the movie 42. 42 is a phenomenal movie, and it's about Jackie Robinson's life and how he broke the color barrier in professional baseball. And what's fascinating is this. He would show up day in, day out, face assault, face language, face things that if you and I face today, we'd probably run for the hills. But this man was tough, he was strong, and he was committed. Fascinating story. This one time, the Brooklyn Dodgers, they show up to Cincinnati, and the, the crowd is screaming profanities, language is out of control, people are making threats. And while this is going on, Jackie Robinson just standing there, second base, 
This man by the name of Pee Wee Reese, the shortstop for the Brooklyn Dodgers, comes over. There's this iconic statue you can see to my left that they've kind of captured this moment. And he puts his hand, his arm around Jackie Robinson, embracing just what Jackie has been doing, breaking the color barrier, embracing loyalty, not proclaiming it, but proving it, showing people, telling people, saying, I stand with Jackie. This turned off his teammates. This made the crowd angry. But the myth, the legend, and what we witnessed or what we hear is that at that moment when he was embraced, the whole crowd went silent. It's not proclaimed, it's proven. If you're in this place, my charge, my challenge to you is this. Are you proving your loyalty or are you just proclaiming your loyalty? Now, I get it. We're a bunch of loyal people in this room. We all admitted to that when we rose our hand or raised our hand earlier, right? So I needed a friend who is an expert in disloyalty to come and, to come and help us out. So I want to welcome out. I call him Slick Stefan. So welcome yo, yo, out. Yo, yo, people, what up? Oh, man. Stefan in the his house. You oh, know wow. what I'm saying, y'all, dude? What's up, man? Hey, player. Hey. <laughs> I just want to let you know where we're at with this crowd, okay? Yeah. You, look, see, you see, we have, a, we have a lot of loyal people in the house. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, they we are. do. Right, like, they do. Like, look, there's a couple of them right there. They're, you see them? Yep, you see I them? See oh, them. I see one smiling right yeah, there. Come on now. Mm, yeah, loyal people. Him. So here's the thing about Stefan yeah, yeah, the yeah. Slick, yeah, right? That's me. Like, I like that hair, man. You're looking good today. Hey, man. Chris, Pastor Chris did my He's hair. An, you know, he dialed me up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Hi. Let it flow. Line. Sorry. But you're an expert in disloyalty, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's right I am. You know it. Hey, come on. So, man, I want to ask you. Yeah. What are some topics or areas or three or, okay. or three ways that we are disloyal? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, I got this, preacher, man. Listen, uh, the first area that I am disloyal in is with my spouse. Um, you know, I just believe that you should have a wife for every part of your life. You know what I'm saying? Anybody with me? Come on. Can I get an amen? <laughs> you know, a spouse for every part of my life, you know, because like... How, who wants to just share this just to one woman? Hey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that, but, but see, man, this is, this is a church. We're God-fearing people. Uh, yeah. We love the Lord. Hallelujah. So this is what Malachi actually says in chapter 2, verse 15. It says, it says simply this, Didn't the Lord make you one with your wife in body and spirit? You are his. And what does he want? Godly children from your union. So guard your whole heart. Remain loyal to the wife of your youth. You understand that? We're called to remain loyal to the wife 
of our youth. Uh, Bishop, let me just interrupt you just for a moment. Like, uh, wait a second, you're telling him you believe this old school stuff? I kind of feel like, you know, doesn't everybody just lie? I mean, spouse, we just gotta lie, you know, just to get by. You know, I think it says in um, Second John, uh, Je- Jehonasphat, that is, if you can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, call me. Um, just so you're clear, if you don't really know your Bible, it does not say that no, I at all. It uh, yeah, you're not supposed to lie. That's breaching loyalty. Well, I mean, there's all kinds of things that we do. Like when I'm when I am out in public and, and a pretty lady walks by, I'm just gonna gawk at her and just enjoy God's creation. Come on! I mean, God made her. I said, thank you, Lord, <laughs> and just watch them. Just Wait, keep watching, look, enjoying. Let me pause you right there. Let me continue on what Malachi says. Oh, and this it says. For I hate divorce, says the Lord, the God of Israel. To divorce your wife is to overwhelm her with cruelty, says the Lord of heaven's army. So guard your heart. Do not be unfaithful to your wife. We're supposed to be loyal to oh, our spouses. Man. But I know you're an expert in this area. That's why I brought you up. Yeah, man, I'm disloyal, you know, because that's like one area, but there's other areas I'm disloyal. Like, okay, what's, a, what's another way? The second thing that I'm disloyal in is to my friends. You know what I'm saying? My friends. Like that guy over there. Hey, homie, we were at Dixie Roadhouse last night. And uh, that woman you were with, though, she was different. That's not, but like, oh. you know. <laughs> um, but like, you know, my friends, because I got to look out for me, just myself and I. Because everybody else, you know, they're not, they don't care about me. And like last week, got my, my bro called me. He's like, hey, can you help me move? And I said, oh, man, I would love to help you move, but I can't because I got to take my dog to the vet. Funny thing is I don't even have a dog. <laughs> so you're disloyal to your frame. But let me just highlight yeah. again. Like this is where we kind of go with Proverbs says huh. this in 17, 17. Hey, I want to clue you in on what okay. we're talking yeah, about. Yeah. A friend is always loyal, and a brother is born to help in a time of need. So, man, it's not cool that you lie to your friends, hmm. that maybe you gossip about your friends. But I, wait, I, we're, I'm in a group, faith groups. How many people are in a faith group? Come on, somebody. Okay. Hey, I'm in a group, and one of the things we love to do is just get together and gossip about people. We'll just sit there and share our prayer requests, and you know what I mean? And we'll just be like talking about, did you hear about Bobby? Stop. Let me, Let me stop you there. No, Bobby, we're not talking about Bobby. That's not what faith groups is about. Oh, sorry. Stop. It's, I'm the only all one right. in my group. If you want to join, <laughs> let me know. All right, all Step right. On. Well, hey, let's... Let's just end it with, give us one more way that this loyal group of people. Oh, wait. They, is, this, they're loyal. All right. The third way we are disloyal is we're disloyal to church. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm. I, th- I know you call them loyal, but I feel like they put the y'all in disloyal. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Dis- they disloyal because like we all know is uh, church can be boring. Like that dude over there is sleeping, sir. You wake, can wake up. up. And, and I'm just, I'm, I just, there's a lot of things I got going on. I think my, my accent just changed really country since I said y'all. I'm not even, I'm not even loyal to my own character. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> my accents change. I just went real country. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeehaw. So we're loyal, we're disloyal to the church, right? Yes, the church. No, it's a, this is a group of loyal people. I mean, <laughs> we attend regularly. We, mm. we give faithfully. Okay. We, we do what God's called us to do because that's what it says in Acts chapter 2, verse 
42. Mm. In fact, I'm going to ask you, man, we're, well, thank you for the advice on how to be disloyal, but I don't need your help anymore. Oh, man, but hey, you guys know where to reach me, where to find All me. Right, Come get on, out of here. I'll hit you out. Catch you on the flip side. Yep. <laughs> you know, I, I never understood. Everybody's like clapping for something that's terrible. They're like, yeah, woo, he did awesome. I'm like, no, he just talked to us about how to be cool being disloyal. Acts 2.42, in the very first church, says this about the believers. All the believers devoted themselves, were loyal, were committed to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. It says, church, you and I are called to be loyal, called to be committed, called to be devoted. I think sometimes it gets an afterthought when we think of God's church. Jesus calls his church, he's coming back for his bride. Now I'm married. Many of you are in this place. Some of you are about to be. Some of you just recently have been. Some of you are having aspirations to be married. And the most sacred relationship that I ever have is between me and my wife. There's a committedness there. There's a loyalty there. The way I have and feelings and thoughts and, and a loyalty to my most sacred relationship is the same way Jesus has loyalty to his church. I think a lot of times we miss that and we make church optional. We make church optional for our kids. Ah, we don't really feel like going. You don't really need to go. It's, it's okay. We can kind of placate it and be like, ah, just, just how are you feeling? Like, let's just go based on how we're feeling. I'm feeling good, got energy. I woke up, had my coffee. I'll go to church. Ah, today we didn't really make it. I'm not going to show up. There's moments where we're like, hey, I'm going to give, but I don't want to give that much. Even though scripture is kind of very clear on what our tithes and offerings go to so we can do events like trunk or treat so we can send away missionaries so we can support organizations like Convoy of Hope so we can help with local rescue missions in southwest Florida I think one of the biggest misconceptions we have as a church and talking church generally is that we kind of don't value how loyal we should be tied to our church Jesus's bride so the question we have to ask ourselves is this, where does our disloyalty come from? And it simply is summed up in this statement. Disloyalty comes from a divided heart. Disloyalty comes from a divided heart. You can be all in for Jesus or there's nothing. I think many people say, hey, I wanna flirt that line. I want a little bit of this. I want a little bit of that. And in the meantime, whenever Jesus fits into that pocket and that position and comes in the way I like it, then I'll sign up and I'll do and I'll commit and I'll show up when I need to show up or have to show up. I haven't been to church in a couple months. Okay, well, I'll go today. So the greatest lie we can ever be told is that you can have a little bit of this, but you can't be all in. As followers, we're called to say we're all about Jesus. In Matthew chapter 15, verse 19, this is, we get some insight to it. For from the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. 
You have to be loyal daily, committed daily, devoted daily. Why? Because our hearts are naturally going to point us to sexual immorality, lying, theft, crookedness. So if you're not committed to your word daily, I'm telling you, you're going up against the odds and you could get veer off the path really quick. If you're not saying, hey, I'm going to be committed and prioritizing, praying, reading the Bible with my spouse, spouse, then you know what's going to happen? You're going to veer off that path really quick. You got to say, hey, I want to be a committed follower. I want to be a committed father. I want to be a committed spouse. And you got to pour into that time and time again, day in, day out, day in, day out, morning, evening, all day, every day, praying, touching in, saying, hey, I care for you. I love you. I'm loyal to you. Jesus, my friends, my family, my children. Loyalty is essential. We have to make sure we're loyal daily. Not just when we feel like it, church. See, when we look at James 4 8, we get some more insight. It says this come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. So, how do I control my heart? I draw close to God. You're struggling with some addictions in life, some hang ups in life some mistakes, some perils, some problems, some hazards in life, and you're wondering why you can't get it together or add everything up, my question for you is this. Are you drawing close to God daily? That's how we purify our hearts. For your loyalty is divided between God and the world. You can't have the world and God. It's one or the other. Loyalty simply is put this. Loyalty develops by drawing close to God. Drawing close to God. James 4, 8. Let me highlight it again so it can stick in your heart and in your mind. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. I think many times we forget that. You want loyalty in your relationships? Draw close to God. You want energy to remain loyal and committed in your relationships? Draw close to God. It's vertical. Every day we should wake up and say, God, I need your spirit in my life. God, I'm praying. God, I'm reading. God, I'm investing in you because you're the one that's going to give your spirit and help me lead a life that I need to lead. Draw close to God. See, a loyal lifestyle starts with loyalty to God. Many times we chase things of the world and yet we, under why, and we wonder why we miss some of these vintage values in our life. You'll see an image on the screen. This is a lady by the name of Catherine Vinbora. Fascinating story when you read about her and study her life. A lady of true loyalty. Fascinating loyalty. She was ends up marrying this man by the name of Martin Luther, 1500s. Now, her story goes on a little bit like this. When she was young, her father lost his wife and didn't want to raise her, so he, he gave her away to a monastery coming in and, and said, hey, I don't, I don't want to raise her. So from a very early on, just was put as a nun. Well, it's taken place in culture a lot different time. 
is Martin Luther's 95 Thesis is, is going on the door and, and people are learning and discovering there's this movement in church history where people can read the Word of God for themselves. And that was the big push. And, and at the time, the religious leaders wanted to bottleneck it, wanted to have all the power, didn't want people to really understand what it meant to have a real relationship with God through Jesus. So this one particular night, a group of people show up to the monastery that she's, she's there and they sneak her out in a barrel along with six other ladies. She hides in barrel. Now this is very extreme because if she would have left and got caught, she could have been executed, tarred, feathered, the whole works, like just fascinating. Like they would do something like that to people at this time, yes. Well. Martin Luther, he would have this thing whenever he would rescue ladies from something like this. He would try to partner them with a, a good spouse, a good Christian individual so they could live life because it was a different culture and a, a lady alone, it was really challenging for them. Poverty, resort to different methods of making money. So Martin Luther took it upon himself to say, I'm gonna partner these rescued ladies and with the right spouse comes to Catherine. Catherine was loyal to what God called on her life. Catherine wanted to preach and teach and share the gospel with people, the, the radical life change of Jesus that could happen if they understood what it meant to have a real relationship with him. So she was committed. She was loyal to what God was calling her to do. She didn't just want to go marry some guy and, and sit in the house all by herself. She wanted to be activated for the gospel. Martin Luther, this man with a burning desire to, to really spread the gospel, to, to help people understand Jesus in a new way at this time, starts noticing her. And was like, whew, Catherine, you're looking pretty. I'm drawn to you. I like you. He refused to ever marry her at a, a certain point. Because if he married her, he knew there would be a mark on her. People would try to kill her. People would try to put her through the rigors because he's being deemed as a heretic. And so he knew if he took a spouse, his life's not only in jeopardy, but now his spouse's life is in jeopardy. Catherine, loyal to the missing, loyal to the gospel. Finally, Martin Luther and her get wed. They marry one another. Fascinating story. Fascinating to see the commitment. Fascinating that together they were going were gonna to stay loyal and to do what God called them to do. She didn't care that her life was in jeopardy. She was loyal to Martin Luther. She was loyal to God. She was loyal to those around. They became the the iconic healthy marriage based off her value of loyalty. They say for every good man, there's an even greater woman behind him. In this scenario, the reason Martin Luther was able to impact the world and help us to understand the word of God in, in ways that weren't receivable back then was because of Catherine's loyalty to him the cause and what God's called them to do. 
So as we wrap up this morning, I want to pray for a couple groups of people, but before I do that, I want to ask you this question. Who's ready to be loyal when we leave this place? Who's ready to do what God's called you to do? Who's ready to stay committed? Who's ready to be devoted? See, true loyalty begins in a relationship with Jesus. And maybe you're in here right now and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. It's simple for us now, but it was a great price that he paid for us. First, we have to admit, man, we are not perfect people. We make mistakes, we make mess ups or screw ups. I think everyone outside of this place who may be non-Christian or far from God don't necessarily understand that, hey, we're the first to admit that it's by Jesus we're saved. It's by Jesus we're made right. That's something we'll always carry. So we're cool with admitting that we got issues. We also believe that Jesus is Lord and by his death and resurrection, we have hope and we have grace. And then we always confess that no matter what we go through, we're gonna keep Jesus as our Lord, our savior and the leader of our life. It's the plan that God has given us. That true loyalty is found in these ABCs. Admit, believe and confess. And no matter what we go through, that we're gonna continue to follow Jesus and realize we'll never arrive, but it's by his goodness and his holiness we're made right with God. So maybe you're in here right now and you haven't started a relationship with Jesus. I want to encourage you to do that. So when we pray, open your heart up. Say, Lord, I admit that I got an issue, but I believe in your saving grace and I'll continue to do what you've called me to do and work in my life. And then I also want to pray for the second group of people. We've talked about loyalty today. Slick Stefan gave us some ways that we can subtly be disloyal. Maybe you're wrestling with some of those things from lying to maybe you're taking second glances at someone other than your spouse. Maybe you kind of think of yourself above your friends or Maybe you aren't really committed to the church like you ought to be. We're going to take a moment in this time of prayer, wherever God's moving in your life, in your mind, in your soul, say, God, reveal to me, move in my heart, help me to be a better person of loyalty. Let's pray, church, if you'll bow your heads. God, we call on your name right now. As we looked at your word, as we say, Thank you for everything you've done in our lives and will continue to do in our lives. Lord, we discovered and we looked at and we discussed loyalty today. Right now, there are people who are starting in their chairs, watching online, and coming to a grip and an understanding that true loyalty starts with a relationship with you, that we understand how loyal you have been to us. Lord, help us to be people who are loyal, and help us to have a real relationship with you. Lord, I also pray for the individuals right now who maybe have some disloyalty taking place in their life. I pray that you eradicate that, change that lifestyle, move in a way they can't imagine and and just pour in to their life. Give us your spirit, my God, my Father. We continue to call on your name through it all and in this season. 
In your great and holy name, we all say in this place. Hey, thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or would like to speak to someone concerning this message, we invite you to fill out our online communication card at faithnfm.com. And if you're able, we'd love to have you with us in person on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 1045 a.m. or on the best night of the week for Wednesday prayer at 7 p.m. We're at 7101 Bayshore Road in North Fort Myers, just two miles west of I-75 at exit 143. Thanks again for listening.